Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of The Females, a podcast that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm Lauren Goodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, and I have a few questions for you. Have you ever felt anxious when someone asks, what do you do, and you worried about your answer? Have you ever left a quote-unquote dream job and then wondered what's next? Have you ever wondered what's your why in life and how can you do more of that? If these questions around career identity strike a chord with you, you're not alone. Today's guest met in the famous zip code of 90210, actresses Sinead Grimes-Beach and Anna Lynn McCord. And almost a decade later, they're back together hosting their new podcast, Unzipped. The three of us today are discussing career identities, egos and self-worth, cancel culture, finding your why, and much more. And before we get into the episode, I want to share a quick warning that this episode does contain sensitive material about suicide, depression, trafficking, and sexual abuse, plus adult language. All right, and now this is The Females. I'm joined today by Sinead Grimes-Beach and Anna Lynn McCord, hosts of a great new podcast called Unzipped, but also their names might ring a bell from their time together acting on the teen drama 90210. Sinead and Anna Lynn, welcome to The Females. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Glad to be here. I'm super excited. And you guys have come a long way since 90210, even though it's not a bad zip code to start in. But I, <laughs> I think it's actually interesting because I wanted to talk about kind of self-worth and identities connected to our job titles, you know, even maybe even our salaries. And I'm curious, you know, you guys have talked about this before, but when you are actors, I imagine this career identity thing has to hit you even harder because you're literally playing another person. So people 
know you as your character's name and your own name. So can we talk a little bit about that and how, I mean, when it comes to self-worth and career identities, do you guys relate to this? And either one of you can start. Not at all. No, no, no you're perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a big, big issue for me that took a long time to begin to overcome and kind of crack because it it really wasn't something that I was aware of when it was happening. Yeah. I was really young on Degrassi when I started. I was 13. And then I was still on that show when I booked 90210 at 18 and moved out on my own to go and do that for five years. So when I wrapped the show up at 23, I didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. I mean, I had no time to figure it out apart from being this actor on two really big, you know, hit series that everyone knew about and all of that kind of stuff. And there's two sides to that um, that really played with my head for a long time. One is that I spent my entire life as I'd known it, obviously not childhood, but, you know, my adult life and adolescence, doing something that was really exciting to people. It wasn't just any yeah, oohs and ahs from people. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? It was like, wow, you're so ahead of the game. You're making so much more money than most people are at your age. Yeah. And everybody immediately knows when you tell them what you do for a living, they're like, oh my God, of course, that's why I know your face or, you know, whatever. And even family, like I was particularly impressive to, yes. you know, my my mom's colleagues or my dad's friends or whatever, what have you. And it definitely starts to play into your ego. Yeah. And that was a big one for me was taking the ego out of the equation. And it is a struggle because I'd spent a decade having my ego fed <laughs> external validation, external yes. validation. Like we are pampered. People go get us food. People do all, they do your hair, they do your makeup. You have a glam squad. Like you're constant. you're just literally like, um, I guess I need to breathe and that's about it. And then you're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, can someone breathe for me? Like, they literally create can create little monsters in our industry. And then it's like, oh, show's over, and you're nobody now. <laughs> the world is obsessed with remote work. We've talked about remote work on our podcast before. More and more people are creating their dream lives to live and work wherever they choose. But for many employers, that makes it almost impossible to offer benefits like health insurance to their whole team. As more companies embrace the advantage of hiring global talent, they're also realizing that benefits are still very localized and constrained by national borders. That's where our sponsor, Safety Wing, comes in. Safety Wing has solved this problem for remote teams by creating the first global health insurance. Safety Wing is on a mission to fix the problem of remote employee benefits by offering borderless benefits for remote and distributed teams. Safety Wing's remote health insurance works in any country, whether you live there or you're just visiting. They have a fully equipped health insurance that works for all of your global employees, so it's built for a truly global workforce. Plus, the great thing about Safety Wing is that you can add anyone affiliated with your company to one simple plan that gets cheaper as you scale. With Safety Wing, you have the ability to customize your policy to make it perfect for your team. Remote health insurance works globally, so you can hire the best talent in the world. Safety Wing's remote health allows companies to offer equal benefits to the whole team, no matter where they live or you're located. Your team is global. The benefits should be global, too. Go to safetywing.com backslash remote health to learn more. Once again, that's safetywing.com backslash remote health. 
in the entertainment industry, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. That's just the way that it is. And that's a tough pill to swallow. And when the show ended, I was so over it just from trauma that I experienced throughout my time on the series that I I was done. I was like, I'm never going to Some of it was again. inflicted just, on, on her by me. I'm just going to throw it <laughs> From just everything, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot to mentally process. And I think I needed time to do that. So I took a step back. But when I did, it was like, oh, whoa, you know, like nobody cares. And who am I if I'm not this successful person? And then you're at that age, you know, 23, where like everyone starts catching up. People are graduating university and they're going on to have successful careers and all of those things that made it super impressive because of my age, you know, aren't as impressive anymore. And you're like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, you know, I'm starting from scratch now. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I want to do, who the hell I am and all of this kind of stuff. And people have followed a more natural trajectory and, you know, done a lot of that work. And and now I'm seeing my peers surpass where I feel mentally. And again, I go back to taking the ego out of the equation because I would look at my peers from high school. I would look at my peers within the industry as they continued to carry on with acting and, and find more and more success as they went on. And I knew that that wasn't my happy place. And yet I yeah. felt like, I should be, I should, right? Yeah. Should is shame. And and it was taking the ego out that started to bring me some peace. And as you also touched on, you know, you're being two people the entire time. You're yeah. being yourself. You know that you're yourself. But the attention that you're actually getting, because this was really pre-social media, so we didn't have our own platforms to yeah. kind of grow and, and strengthen and build our identities as individuals simultaneously. That's the attention yeah. that I did get was as a character that was mm-hmm. totally fictional. I had no control over. I did not write her words. I did not pick her clothes. I didn't do any of it. You know what I mean? And, right. And I always had that imposter syndrome where like fans would come up and say something and be excited. And I totally appreciated that, but I didn't feel like it was mine to, to take on, you know, I was like, that's awesome. I'll, I'll let the writer know, you know, yeah, like, I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. So that's hard because I spent years then trying to figure out how to do my own thing, what I wanted to do. And people only wanted to pay attention because it was Annie from 90210 and whatever. And I wasn't her. And, yeah. and she was now gone. She passed away. <laughs> yeah. When the show got canceled, she was gone. And it was just me left, Shanae. Yeah. And, and people weren't interested in Shanae. And that was a really tough pill to swallow as well. So it's been a process for me to just make amends with that in my head and and try to figure out what I want to do, find confidence in doing what I do and and really building that rapport and engagement with an audience because what I do is creative and it will yeah. likely always be creative. Um, but as myself for the yeah. first time in my well, life. Well, Sinead says take the ego out of it. But that that's yeah. lovely. But how the fuck do you do that, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to ask that. Podcast. Um, <laughs> but for me, I had a similar, same, same, but not the same. We all go through it moment where it was like working, working, working. And I lived, I was a workaholic because yeah. I was running from a lot of trauma. And as long as I was doing a 90-hour work week and getting on a red eye on a Friday night and going to some country that I was working with an organization and never stopping, I never had to face 
the anxiety and depression and suicidality and all the other things I was dealing with because like I had something to distract myself. And when 90 hour work weeks just slammed to a crushing halt, it was like, oh, I, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to be in my body. I don't want to be in this body. I, I have to do something. And the way for me out of that ego thing was I, and I'm an extremist, everyone, just to preface, but <laughs> I was like, I must do an experiment with myself, like a small lab rat. And I was like, when I literally decided that it was really painful when people ask you, so what's up next? So like now yeah. to an hour, yeah, like, what are you doing next? What's coming? What's around the bend? Like, what's around the corner? Yeah. Um, like, like <laughs> go, you know, go jump off of fucking bridge like fuck you um like because I'm like this close um but I challenged myself to tell people oh nothing yeah what what and I'm nothing I'm yeah. actually currently unemployed and there's nothing on the horizon I actually have nothing going on at all I'm just kind of twiddling my thumbs hope someone wants to do you want to hire me um so I yeah. started first it was so painful to do it it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not really going to do this. But I was very, I was a very serious scientist with my experiments and I had to proceed with the lab testing. And then it was, it was the next step of it was bringing humor into it. Cause I was still dealing with how uncomfortable it was. And I was like, well, let's have more of a sense of humor. This is hysterical. Let's see how uncomfortable I can make other people while I do this test on myself. And then I started what fires together, wires together in the brain. I started firing this humor aspect of being unemployed and how funny it is. <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but but I found a way to get out of it in that space. And I think that's one way, one very extreme way to face your ego head on and use humor to lighten the land of the big flop yeah. when you fall on your face. Make the most of every day. MZ Wallace is a chic, innovative line of bags and accessories that are designed to do more. Whether that means more traveling, more fitness, a more efficient commute, or just more fun. Whether it's a lightweight travel style or a multitasking tote for the office, try an MZ Wallace bag for yourself and discover the class-leading, quality, lightweight, innovative design, and iconic style that will make it your all-day, everyday bag. MZ Wallace's co-founder started the brand after years of working in the fashion industry and realizing that the bag they needed, one that could stand up to everything on their schedule from morning workouts to a night on the town, didn't exist. So they set out to create it themselves. Plus, you all know here at Career Contessa, we're all about empowering women. That's why we love supporting a female-founded brand like MZ Wallace. With MZ Wallace, great design is in the details. You'll find pockets right where you need them lightweight, stain and weather resistant material that's easy to wipe clean and so many more smart design details you never even knew you needed. My favorite detail about the Metro belt bag is that it's lightweight yet has enough room for your phone and other small necessities. It's foldable, rollable, and packable. Some other features that I enjoy are the adjustable waist strap, the convenient exterior pocket, and the signature red leather edging. MZ Wallace believes that great design isn't just about how something looks, but it's also about how it works. From their high quality, long lasting materials to their timeless style, having an MZ Wallace bag by your side means always being prepared to take on your day. MZ Wallace is offering the females listeners 15% off your first purchase. Just go to mzwallace.com backslash females. That's with an I. So again, it's mzwallace.com backslash females. F-E-M-A-I-L-S 
for 15% off your first purchase. MZ Wallace, designed to do more. All right, now let's get back to the show. I mean, this is totally different, but when I was a recruiter at Hulu, it's like you could, people could say, what do you do? You can answer the question. And that was the end of the conversation. And they would move mm-hmm. on to other things and they would, ooh, and they would, ah, and um, part of it is just, you know, again, there's a lot of actors, but not a lot of actors that are on a show that you know, you know? And so there's the, mm-hmm. there's sort of this like high that you ride of like, people are envious of what you have and you become used to being the person that people are envious of what you have. And then all of a sudden it changes because now you're doing something where they haven't heard about it, or you have to use multiple sentences to describe what you do and they still don't get it. And it's like a deep uncomfort. And I'm curious, like Shanae, I know you were talking about ego too. Is like, how do we like get comfortable? Or I guess, how did you get comfortable with it? And how do you, I don't know, almost not that you aren't the person you want to be, but sort of like you were riding this high and and now you've got to kind of level yourself out with this a bit. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that has always played in my favor is I've never been afraid of starting from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe in paying your dues and I've never had an ego about that part. So for me personally, it was like, okay, if I want to do something else, I want to do something new. I'm not going to approach it as the actor with an impressive resume. Like I'm going to approach it. Like I have no experience in this field. So how do I, you know, get my foot in the door and work my way up the ladder? So that, that, attitude definitely helped. Um, when looking at my peers, it was actually my husband. I remember going to this event and seeing other actresses who I knew and we came up at the same time on the same shows, you know, or same Mm. type of shows for the same age, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I was, I was jealous, right? I was like, God, look at look at what they're doing now. You know, these were my teenage dreams that they've gone on to be in incredible movies, right? As a TV actor, you always want to be in movies. And, yeah. and you know, as a, a teeny bopper kind of mainstream, you always want to be like the high fashion girl and, you know, the high-end beauty girl and whatever. And, and they were doing it. And I said this to my husband. I was like, I'm jealous. Like I am envious right now. And I, I had, I continued pursuing that path that I was on and not taking that break and blah, blah, blah. Then like, maybe I would have. And he was like, but you didn't want to, like, you have to remember, like, this was a choice because you weren't happy. You know, like you had all of the things, you had all of the stuff, you had the money, you had the fame, you had all of that and you were not a happy person. And like, that's why you made this choice. And you can talk about money and you can talk about fame and nice shit and great opportunities and all that kind of stuff. He's like, but you have to look at your life and look at those girls because you know what goes into that. You know mm-hmm. the hours that go into it, the dropping your life right in its place and going off and traveling and being in a remote place with nobody that you know or love for months on end. Like, you yeah. know the lifestyle that that brings. And look at your life. Look at our home. Look at me. Look at, you know, the life that we're building, the family that we're building. Like, you're so rich. You're so mm-hmm. much richer now in so many ways than you were when you weren't happy at all, but you had she was like, really not a, happy. A good handful of Christian really Louboutins, you know. No, I was not a happy person at all, and it was like, oh my gosh, right? Like th- again, it goes back to the external, right? Like internally, I knew that I had made the choice that was right for me, that felt good, and yet I was again getting suckered into 
feeling like I should, I should, I should. And meanwhile, I know it wasn't the right thing for me. So I think just having him like say it so plainly and talk about richness, you know, like Mm -hmm. we think of rich, we think of like money, we think of the biggest house, we think of the, you know, the whatever, the Gucci bags and all that kind of crap. It's like none of that stuff makes you happy and fulfilled inside most people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that, that was a really important moment for me to kind of like pivot that on its head and, and just be like, oh, right. You know? So anytime I see those things and, and whatever, and honestly with the, the financial side of it and all of that kind of stuff, I remember a girl I knew, bought this new, big, beautiful house. And it was like, I knew how much the house cost. It was really freaking expensive. It was gorgeous and all the rest of it. And I would, again, had that little bug, like, damn it. You know, like I want a big, beautiful house. That's multi-million dollar, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I, I got up out of bed cause I was stirring and I was making myself like literally sick to my stomach feeling yeah. like I was aware of the fact that I was being jealous and it was grossing me out. And I like got up out of bed And I'm not a religious person, but I went to my kitchen and I was like, God, universe, whatever, whoever is bigger Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, better than myself. Right. Because I know that I'm not the be all end all here. Like, whatever it is, like, please let me look at this person's situation with so much love and pride for them and genuine like happiness for them because they've earned it and they worked hard and life is blessing them. And that is such a wonderful thing. And so now like anytime, cause it's natural. Yeah. You do, you do those things come up. You see what somebody has or whatever, what have you, or they've achieved a goal that you're like, damn, that would be so cool if that happened. Or wow, why is it so hard for me to, when those things happen, it's like, it's a conscious thing, right? Everything is a practice. And you talk about that all the time. Everything mm-hmm. is a practice. And so I consciously practice Like anytime that little bug comes up, that little green bug monster comes up, I'm like, how wonderful for them. Like seriously, like as though they're like a really good friend or a family member to me. Like what's meant for, you know, whatever to happen in someone's life, it's not yours anyway. So like, (laughs) you know, what's the point in dwelling? There's also the fact that you, a lot of times we go out into the world with our wise little noggins at 14 and 19 and 20 and 23. And we're so clever. We know so much about so many things. And, and you might be, you know, you might be someone who has, has lived a lot of life in a short period of time. And you might actually have a lot of street smarts or a lot of wisdom, but there is one thing that's greatly lacking if you are in your early 20s or in your teens. And that is just sheer life experience, meaning that you have experienced more life. And it doesn't mean that you aren't fully capable of taking it on. You're about to get ready. But we often go into that early point of our lives when we're going out in the world and we're trying to identify ourselves in some capacity. And our culture and society has taught us that if we want to identify ourselves, then it has to be, what do you do? Because that's the first question that you're going to be asked. And that's how we're all going to label you. So do something cool. Otherwise you suck. Um, (laughs) So that's what you've heard. That's what you've seen. So that's your major focus. What do I do? What is it? What is it? What, 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 not why? I had my what. I had my what since I was nine years old. I wanted to be an actress. That's what I wanted. I grew up in a trailer park. It was never going to happen. 
it was going to happen for me in my mind, but everybody else was telling me it wasn't going to. What, what, what was what I had nailed down. When I had my little moment, which I did, which I have called a million times my young life crisis, I got my midlife crisis out of the way early, um, (laughs) was when I thought that I didn't want to be an actress anymore. It was because I only had a what and I had no why. The why for me came at this very important part, and it was because of 90210, because I was having this existential crisis, and my team was like, you can't turn this down. This is the big break we've been waiting for. And I'm like, I don't want a big break. I don't want any break. I want to go work at Starbucks and find a new passion because I'm not happy. I don't want to be an actress anymore because I hate this fucking town, and I hate all the egocentric me, me, me of it all. And I don't know what I want to do because because I thought that I knew at nine years old, and clearly nine-year-olds don't know everything. And I'm like having to melt yeah. the the why came when for me I got involved fighting sexualized violence against women and children fighting sex trafficking I got involved with this charity I didn't know what I was doing or why, why I was doing it really even at that point but I had a why to continue acting I was like okay I don't want this necessarily for myself but maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture because my friend who was my first acting partner she was the one who was like you are insane you need to do this show you have such a huge platform if you go on 90210 it's going to be so important for and she's worked in 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 you know altruistic and philanthropic endeavors for a really long time she was educating me on all of this and and I just said okay yes whatever whatever I have to do to make myself feel something on the inside because I feel nothing and I am miserable at the, with this numbness. And it mm-hmm. was the moment that I could say, not just what I was doing to someone who wanted to ask. They never ask you why, but I, I, I had an answer if they did. And the yeah. why was I was going to build my platform as big as I possibly could because it was going to elevate a platform that nobody was talking about. Because let me tell you what wasn't cool in 2008 fighting human trafficking. <laughs> no one knew what the hell I was talking about when I said modern day slavery. They're like, you mean like the transatlantic slave trade? Um, no, it's not the 1800s. And yes, so Abraham Lincoln did pass an emancipation law to technically end slavery in the United States. And no, it's not over, which is why it's called modern day slavery. These conversations were very not trendy and sexy and fun to have um, because no one wanted to talk about it. But it was the thing for me that changed the game. Suddenly, I had a reason to do something. And and it was that major thing. So if you are at that point where you have your what, but you maybe haven't yet thought about why are you doing this long, like the existential why, the Mm -hmm. real why, the why am I here? Am I here to add value to my family? Am I here to add value to my community? Am I here to add value to the globe? Am I here for my own desires and for my own means? And does that really make me happy? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? That changed my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. Of all the things I've been missing over the past year, it's the little things I miss the most. Like making awkward eye contact across the room or meeting strangers online. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19 and get back to the good times. Find out where you can get your COVID-19 vaccine near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines, V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S.gov. All right, now let's get back to the show. If people weren't having that thought about, okay, I've got my what, but I don't have my why, I think COVID or like over a year of lockdown really did bring 
this to the front of people's mind is why am I doing this? How am I spending my time? Where am I spending my time? I only have, you know, so much time on this earth or time is my most valuable resource. And how do I want to do it? Which is why I think we're seeing a lot of people switch careers. There's these phrases now like the great resignation, the great reset. I mean, a lot of people are rethinking this stuff. So I, I think that's a really, really good point you guys are both bringing up is, is, Yes, your career, don't make your career your identity. Yes, most of us have it like that. And part of it is because us as a society, we always go, hi, what's your name and what do you do? So you are defined by that. So maybe a starting place is asking people their why or even just not asking people right away, what do you do? We had an episode with a woman who who said that's a very westernized thing. If you go to Europe, they don't ask you, what do you do as a second question? They might ask, what's a vacation you took recently? We know they're much better at vacation than the rest of us. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. I, another thing that came out of COVID that I actually want your guys' thoughts on is cancel culture. You know, I feel like, again, maybe there were some good intentions of canceling some things that weren't, you know, good in our society. But what are your guys' thoughts on cancel culture and and maybe the role it's playing in the identities for people too? The reason I have strong opinions, and I'll go with the why first and then the what, um, my why is I've been through a lot of shit and I could cancel a lot of people. And that feels really powerful to be in a position when you've been made to feel weak and you've been made to feel like shit and you've been made to feel inferior and that someone had power over you to be able to now be in a place of power where you could cancel them feels real strong. And it does nothing because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. So the reason I have an issue with cancel culture as a white human being, and I will highlight that because I know that is a factor that, that sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I understand to a certain degree what I'm talking about because of the traumas and abuses and marginalization and experience I've had in the situations that I was in growing up as a kid in American poverty, growing up. I know when white privilege started for me, and it wasn't in the beginning of my life. I'll tell you that because I wasn't exempt from childhood sexual abuse. I wasn't exempt from living on food stamps. I wasn't exempt from a lot of things because I was put in a situation where I was, my entire life was sheltered and I was kept away. I was, it was almost cultish what I experienced. And I won't diminish what I went through because of a narrative in society to the little girl inside me who needs to be validated that what she went through was shitty. And at the risk of being canceled, I'm not going to diminish something that I diminished for most of my life when I kept trying to kill myself over it every night in the bathtub when I wanted to end my life and not be here anymore. So I take it very seriously because it's been a long journey, the why of it all, because I've gotten all the way to a place through this where... <laughs> It was homicidal at first, the feelings I had about the people who have done the things that they've done to me. And then it was, do I want to live in this suffering and misery? And then it was, okay, I can, I can shed, I can blame a lot of people. Like I said, I can cancel a lot of people. I can throw all that out there. And that's fantastic. And it just makes me feel absolutely wonderful and all warm and gooey inside. Really, really, really. Um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but my... Or I can do, or I can look at this from the standpoint of accountability. What I think is being lost here is that everybody on the blame shame game, which is what this is, they're missing one very intrinsic part of fixing a problem. It's actually having a solution in mind. So cancel away if that's what you believe in, 
but know that you are not coming at this from a solution-based approach, and you will therefore never solve this problem. You will only create more issues. You are incapable of being objective, and you're probably not happy either. The happiness that I have started to find in my life has come from the fact that I think, I, I literally do a practice called meta-meditation, and I think about the perpetrator who stole my, most of my life, and I send him compassion now. It was a long road to get there, but I was intent on finding a solution to my suicidality, to my anxiety, to my depression. I wasn't okay with just blaming and shaming, and I'm certainly not okay with canceling because I believe in redemption, and I'm not so asinine as to suggest that I'm not guilty of shit. I am, and I think that you have to be kind of asinine to think that you have the ultimate authority to cancel someone else as if you are a saint and have never done anything wrong and have never done anything worth shaming. So, so my, my question to cancel culture is where is the solution you're offering? I see rhetoric. I see circular thinking. I see pendulum swings. And I see a whole nother revolution coming 10 years from now because what you did once again historically didn't and doesn't and never will work. And, and I have very, very strong feelings about being in support of the individuals who are in harm's way, the individuals who are being marginalized, the individuals who have consistently through history been subjugated and treated horribly and, and all of the things. I am the voice for the underdog. That is who I am. So anyone who knows anything about me knows that the, the passion with which I speak on this topic comes not from being outside the arena, throwing some cheap shots like Brene Brown talks about. I'm in the arena taking the hits. So I speak to this with the passion and the intense fervor that I speak to it with because for me, again, if you are in a boardroom, if you're an entrepreneur and you're working, trying to make a business work, do you guys just want to go around the boardroom blaming everybody for the last time you made a mistake? Or mm -hmm. is perhaps, perhaps, it would be ideal for someone to stop the conversation that's getting all circular and say, guys, what's our objective here? That's what I would like the world to ask itself. What is your objective mm -hmm. here? I think you bring up a really good point about accountability too. Canceling without a solution versus accountability. And, you know, to your point about the Brene Brown quote about like, get in the ring versus staying outside the ring and, and throwing the cheap shots. And, you know, certainly social media has played a role in allowing the cheap shots are easy. They're really easy to do, you know? And, and so I, I, I think what you've said is, is really powerful. I made me think also about your guys. So I want you guys to be able to share your new podcast unzipped and what that's about. Cause I, I think there's, there's a lot of accountability in that you guys are interviewing interesting people. You're doing um, the storytelling aspect. So tell everyone about the show, because I think, I think it kind of we're molding together your guys' story and how you came to be and also your why. So the why behind Unzipped also. I think the why is just really that Annalyn and I are very curious people and we know we don't know everything. We know we actually don't know a hell of a lot and we want to spend our lifetimes learning and growing and evolving. And the best way to do that in our opinions is to listen and hear other people's life experiences that differ from our own. We're so interested in so many different things and our interests differ from one another massively and our opinions can differ from one another massively. And 
Ultimately, our relationship is based on this, like, just deep love and support from a human to another human. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the safe space that we want to provide our guests. We love having people from all different walks of life, different backgrounds, different careers, all of it. And just really, it's an opportunity for us to kind of have fun and, and pick their brains and ask things that, you know, we, again, want to create a safe space to be able to ask and, and have conversations. Because I think, you know, and hopefully we've all learned that a lot of the times, like, you can't be expected to know where someone's coming from or how they perceive a situation if it's completely different from your own, unless you ask. <laughs> and and asking can be so taboo and it it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. I think you've talked about this before, Lauren, you know, expectations on ourselves to be perfect is dangerous and expectations on other people to be perfect is dangerous as well. And like Annalyn just said in regards to, you know, cancel culture and all of that kind of stuff. It's like, well, the bars are so high and it's dangerously high. And, and we need to just level that playing field a little bit and, and, provide that safety to one another to go, okay, it's, it's okay to ask. We should yeah. ask. So that's really what we aim to do on the podcast. People are like, what's the podcast about? I'm like, oh, like, you know, like there is no niche. There is no specific subject but matter. I feel like you guys have come a long way from being like, when you, when you just said that, like, I don't know. It's like, think about if you were asked that 10 years ago, like what's next? What do you, what's your podcast about? Now you guys are very comfortable being like, it's a podcast about just <laughs> us asking questions and it doesn't have to be, you know, perfectly yeah. planned out. And I think, you know, I don't know if you guys have had that moment to be like, we are now at a place where we were, we were trying to get to before and now we're at that place. And, you know, hopefully you're patting yourselves on the back or just taking a moment to enjoy it. And, you know, the, I always joke, like the worst hangover you're ever going to have is the one about your expectations. Not, not that you drank too many cocktails last night. It's the expectation hangover of, I thought I was going to be here or I thought this thing was going to happen. And I think you're, you know, you guys being able to pivot into podcasting or to add that on and to just be sort of open to that. It's, it's a really good career lesson for everyone to recognize, like, doesn't have to be all planned out. You don't have to have all the answers to start, but start, be curious, let the curiosity drive you. I think that's really interesting. And um, for everyone listening, I mean, you guys do have interesting conversations with a variety of people, you know, and I think that's one of the nice things about a show is like, hey, I'm going to learn something new every time I listen to it also. So I think that's a good place for us to leave off as a a general career lesson. But I want you guys to share where can people find you, learn more about you. You guys are doing lots of different things. I I know the the joke today is everyone is, uh, you know, multi-passionate or, you know, they've got not just one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) So share all the things so they can find you everywhere. Well, the Unzip podcast, um, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts, is what we always say because we actually have no idea exactly <laughs> where it's, it's available. It's Apple, Spotify, all the places, <laughs> yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're listening to this is a good place to start, I'm sure. And then on Instagram, we're at Unzipped Pod and individually at Shanae Grimes Beach and at what is it? At I, the Annalyn McCord. Yeah. The, the someone else had my name and I didn't know you could fight for your name. So I just was like, uh, what do we do? And I have so, I I wasn't running my social in the beginning because I didn't understand that world at all. And they were like, just name it. You have to have everything same, named the same. So they just took the Annalyn McCord on Facebook, Instagram. And I was like, this actually does sound super 
up my own ass. But okay, cool. <laughs> I like it. I like Amazing. it. And then I have a blog called thedamthing.com and a YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash speech, where we do post teasers of the podcast episodes occasionally. So, And yeah. if you're curious about fighting human trafficking or supporting our campaign, I have an organization campaign called The Love Storm. We're storming the planet with love. Um, and it's a fierce love. It's not a, like a tree-hugging kind of love, although I definitely <laughs> hug trees. Um, but we're a storm, and we're bringing that to the world. So you can go to the thelovestorm.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, you guys, for sharing your story today. And especially, you know, when it comes to the ego and career identities, I think a lot of people listening to this, I, I, we all, we have it. And it's it's nice to know even the famous people get it. Too. <laughs> so thank totally you so do. much again. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. I know I ask every week, but it's because it's the number one thing that you can do to help get our show found by new listeners. And a quick shameless plug, if you're feeling like you're lost in your career or you're just hitting a wall right now, then check out my book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career Purpose. I made sure to link to that in the show notes. Lastly, thank you to Shanae and Anna Lynn for sharing their story on The Females. If you want to hear more about them, check out their new podcast, Unzipped, wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can get to it via the link in our show notes.